divide and the potential for violent conflict. The oligarchs from the establishment Republican Party, figures such as Liz Cheney, Mitt Romney, George and Jeb Bush, and Bill Kristol, have joined forces with the oligarchs in the Democratic Party to defy the autocrats in the new Republican Party who have coalesced in cult-like fashion around Donald Trump, or if he does not run again for president, his inevitable Frankensteinian doppelganger. The alliance of Republican and Democratic oligarchs exposes the burlesque that characterized the old two-party system, where the ruling parties fought over what Sigmund Freud called the narcissism of minor differences, but were united on all the major structural issues, including massive defense spending, free trade deals, tax cuts for the wealthy and corporations, the endless wars, government surveillance, the money-saturated election process, neoliberalism, austerity, deindustrialization, militarized police, and the world's largest prison system. The liberal class, fearing autocracy, has thrown in its lot with the oligarchs. Anyway, that's a, a part of a much longer article. I just thought I'd throw that in there. He does have a very valuable perspective. So, yeah, we'll see. What side are we on, and where is it all going to go? I think I'm a... Oh, actually, i got about two minutes left. There's two different clocks here in the air room that uh, kind of get one confused. So let me just li read a little more. Uh, the bankruptcy of the liberal class, from Chris Hedges, the bankruptcy of the liberal class is important for it effectively turns liberal democratic values into the empty platitudes those who embrace autocracy condemn and despise. So, for example, censorship is wrong unless the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop are censored or Donald Trump is banished from social media. Conspiracy theories are wrong unless those theories, such as the Steele dossier and Russiagate, can be used to damage the autocrat. Anyway, I guess I'll have to have uh, Chris Hedges back on to uh, directly talk about this. I'm not going to be able to go much deeper into it because uh, we're just out of time. I'm just going to go out with uh, a little more of Billy Bragg. Crowds gather round, kneeling at the feet of common thieves. Hungry for the word, but God would never speak through such as these, such as these who offer healing hands and bombs and redemption. You're listening to KBOO KBOO News is proud to present our 2022 Citizens Agenda Survey, and we want to hear your thoughts as we approach the midterm election. What do you want candidates to be talking about as they compete for votes? Let us know, and you can be entered into a sweepstakes to win a $50 Visa gift card as a thank you. Plus, it will help our volunteer reporters cover the election with the info that you need to know. Find the survey online at bit.ly slash kboo survey. 
That's KBOO's 2022 Citizens Agenda Survey, available online through September 25th at bit.ly slash kboo-survey. Sorry, everybody, for the dead air. I'm going to have to play some more music here. Uh, we've got Pear Faggering come on, Fight the Empire. And uh, I'm here by myself. Hold on just a second. Yeah. 
myself loathing of a wolf in sheep's clothing in this carnival of carnivores. Heaven help me. Goodbye and good luck to all the rubbish that you've spoken. Goodbye and good luck for all the promises you've broken. Your life has lost its dignity, its beauty and its passion. You're an accident. everybody sorry for the confusion um, we got this system where you have to deactivate to reactivate the phone lines which is probably why nobody called in during my show <laughs> between eight and nine but if pair if you're listening to the show the next guest please call in because now your phone will go through to the air room that's all I got to say and uh, I guess we'll just hear some more Billy Bragg.
Camelot for Jack and Jacqueline, but on the Che Guevara Highway, filling up with gasoline. Fidel Castro's brother spies a rich lady who's crying over the luxury's disappointment, so he walks over and he's trying to sympathize with her. Perry there. In the Soviet Union, a scientist is blinded by the resumption of nuclear testing, and he is reminded that Dr. Robert Oppenheimer's optimism fell. In the cheese pavilion, and the only noise I hear is the sound of someone stacking chairs and mopping up spilled beer, and someone asking questions and basking in the light of the Filled minutes of the fanzine writer Mixing pop and politics He asks me what the use is I offer him embarrassment And my usual excuses While looking down the corridor Out to where the van is waiting I'm looking for the right leap forward Okay, I think we got this figured out. Pear, are you there? No? Should be there. Are you on that one?
Hello, Pear, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, there we got it. All right, I'm going to turn this down. I apologize profusely to everybody. The, the, there <laughs> was a sure. but. The button was, the button was pushed down when it should have been pushed up. Okay, so we only have about 15 minutes left. This is going to be a truncated show. What did you have to talk about today, Pear? Oh well, I got to talk about Ukraine. Okay. And uh, apparently the uh, the government, uh, the U.S. government has a. Uh, a, uh, a whole list of governments of overthrowing of o overthrowing other people's governments. So, been doing it now for uh, ever since the end of World War Two. Okay. So uh, I'm not sure whether are we on the air or what. Yeah, we're on the air. It's oh, been, we're on the air. Okay. It's been a, it's been a, a real travail here. It's been really about as bad radio as you could get. And I'm sorry <laughs> that I, that I I'm the one who who. Uh, by default made it happen but here we are pair it's really good to talk to you after uh 20 minutes of fumbling around in the area well, it is, yeah so what's going on in ukraine so what do you think about let me just we could do this like just a sort of a you know a little interview thing so hey, why don't we yeah what, okay, what do you think that's... what do you think about this recent you know that uh the you know uh, putin's uh you know biden's saying that you know don't don't you dare talk about nuclear because you know you don't know what's going to happen putin responding now what, what do you think about especially about putin's uh saying that he's gonna uh, have referenda in in the, the 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 areas whatever however much left that he's got of the territory after the ukrainians did their counteroffensive, he's threatening well, to do a referenda in those territories what do you think about that well why not i mean if, if you look at a map of ukraine you know it looks like uh, I've, I've, in the past, I've compared it to a, a a fried egg with two yolks, and one yolk is Ukraine itself, and one yolk is sort of the Russian territories in the southeast. And they, you know, they sort of about fifty-fifty. And you wonder how did Ukraine get to be this way? Well, it's sort of it, it's a long story. I mean, the Ukraine has uh, kind of got enlarged and shrank over the centuries, but uh, so you have these two sort of separate, almost separate nations, and if they don't get along, it can be really pretty disastrous, which is kind of what's happening now. But uh, the thing is that uh, uh, what people forget is that uh, Ukraine did have an elected president at one time. Uh, his name was uh, Viktor Yanukovych. And he was the uh, elected president of Ukraine, and he was uh, friendly to uh, to Russia. 
and uh, but he was elected, and so he was overthrown uh, back in I think 2014 by the so-called uh, Maidan uh, uh, revolution, and so uh, he he was overthrown, and uh, uh, this other government uh, other government was installed, and so uh, you know I, I keep bringing this up because. Uh, a lot of these accounts of what's going on in Ukraine start with Russia's invasion, but they don't. Uh, they don't. They leave out the fact that uh, an elected uh, uh, president was uh, was overthrown by what what it comes down to by a street mob. And so uh, this is uh, what I've been uh, wanting to talk about. Well, but street but street mobs. You know, it depends if it's your street mob or the other street mob. I mean. There's been street mobs that have overthrown, uh, you know, leaders, and people have applauded that because they were considered tyrants. So what, you know, why wasn't this like a, a people, a Ukrainian people's uprising? Well, I would say if one thing is that Yanukovych is not a tyrant. Uh, the only the, the main uh, uh, the main uh, disagreement that the street mobs had with him was that he was not uh, antagonistic to Russia. And so uh, this is why he was overthrown. And so uh, this. Uh, well, wouldn't maybe uh, I'm just playing the devil's advocate because we don't sure, we okay. don't get we don't get to have too much of this sort of give and take. That's, that's true. The, the sides are the sides are very hardened. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's people who who would call your what you're saying that would call you a tanky, which I guess is like a, a an a old tanky. a tanky. You never heard that an old old Stalinist basically. That's what a lot of the people say. But anyway, so. Maybe maybe the Ukrainians were afraid that, that you know that Ukraine would be turned into a, a you know like a Putin's Russia, because you know you got to admit I mean Putin is a pretty despicable character. Uh, well, I suppose he is, but uh, you know I mean you think of before who who was uh, who was running Russia before Putin? It was Boris Yeltsin, and he was. Uh, he was kind of a disaster as far as Russia goes. I mean, he kind of uh, was giving away. Uh, he was giving away the story. He was allowing uh, uh, kind of uh, commercial interest, business, uh, Western interest, into uh, take over uh, take over Russian uh, uh, companies. And he was fine. I guess he was. Uh, I guess he was ousted and. Uh, that's when uh, you know Putin came followed followed Boris Yeltsin. So if you compare the two, I would think, from what I understand, uh, actually Putin is uh, fairly popular in Russia. I saw some figures recently that uh, he was uh, uh, supported by uh, almost sixty percent of the people who supported him, and uh, another. F- Another sizable bunch uh, were sort of neutral. So, uh, you know, whatever you want to say about uh, about Putin, he does have support within Russia. Do you, th- do you think so, that support is being eroded now? Because it seems like the, the Western press is making a lot of, you know, these parliamentarians who signed petitions. And, you know, this uh, I guess there's this pop star who, who came out really strongly recently who's got like two million Twitter followers or something, which is kind of a big deal. And uh, do you think do you, do you think the opposition is growing in port in in in, uh, in Russia? Because after all, I mean, there it's 
it's it, you know it is there are parallels to you know Afghanistan Vietnam I mean it is you know it is a bit it's getting to be a bit of a quagmire for them in Ukraine well I think you know I mean there is there is an opposition in in Russia there's uh you know there always has been but uh, as far as I can tell is not uh, it's not overwhelming it is a uh, a kind of a, a minority which is actually supported by the west but it's uh, i think within russia it is a minority mm-hmm. but you know that could change because you know it's a fluid situation but uh uh-huh. well you know it's interesting this is a uh, this is the kind of conversation that doesn't happen much i mean my take is not exactly a plague on both their houses but mm-hmm. it's 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 definitely a lot more nuanced than this raw, raw boosterism that is is just kind of sickening, really. You know that that doesn't take into account these deeper historical, you know, and going back to, you know, the the capitalist cu- countries, you know, s- sort of spearheaded by NATO, you know, basically undermining, you know, for what it, you know, the, the Soviet, you know, it's such an utterly complex thing. You got to get into you know the origins of the Soviet Union. You got to get into, you know, Leninism, Stalinism. You got to get into Gorbachev. I mean, it's and nobody wants to do that. You know, you certainly, you know, Yeltsin was was even a latter day figure. Like, what happened with Gorbachev, and and you know, why why did he become unpopular, and then why did the Russians rise up against the 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 you know the the coup that that ousted Gorbachev at the tail end there. There's all very interesting questions that have a lot to do with what's going on today. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's kind of it's, like I said, it's a very fluid situation. But uh, uh, apparently, uh, right now, uh, one way of uh, of resolving these things is that uh, uh, I think the Russians uh, they're going to have some kind of referendum. And maybe this uh, uh, this this might be one way out. Have, you know, let the people vote on this. But, but the know? West, the, the the but the Ukrainians don't seem to want it all. It, it almost seems to to risk escalating the situation. Well, in what way? Well, because you know, uh, uh, Putin says if then 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 if you if if Ukraine attacks these now virtually annexed territories is which is kind of what they would be essentially then they're attacking russia itself and then you know i guess the implication mm-hmm. is they'll be russia will be justified in in use even more force on them well i was sort of getting back to this, this sort of this map of ukraine is sort of uh where you have two equal sides and the uh uh the side that was the side that was friendly to russia is sort of uh, I guess they've kind of they've dissolved and they're kind of going their own way right now. But uh, uh, actually, one one interesting thing recently, a Romanian uh, uh, diplomat was saying that uh, maybe Russia should be uh, uh, Ukraine should be uh, kind of divided. It is a divided. It is a divided country right now, and uh, when it is that divided, if they can't get along, you sort of wonder what is the uh, what is the uh, other option. So yeah, no, I I agree. It's but it seems like the the voices advocating for that have been 
have been certainly absent at the high levels of NATO, you know, the United States, the countries that count. You don't really, you know, what, you know, has China weighed in? Has, you know, certainly the United Nations hasn't really discussed that as an option. It seems like it seems like that option sort of almost got discarded by the the powers that that count, like from the get go. Mm-hmm. I guess I just don't see that gaining traction politically. Well, well, apparently some some uh, Russia and Ukraine, according to some uh, observers, that uh, there's an article. Uh, well, this is uh, this is the article is in uh, Mint Fresh News by Lee Camp, and apparently the uh, uh, Russia and Ukraine had negotiated a peace deal back in April. Mm-hmm. But the U.S. and U.K. intervened to stop it. Uh, so Russia and Ukraine uh, wanted to end the war four months ago, but they were uh, but they were prevented from doing that. So, uh, hmm. So they're they're between a rock and a hard place, basically. Ukraine. It's like they're they got they got the pro NATO people and the pro Russia people, and nobody you know the the the, the world. The world, by by which I mean, you know, the the major powers don't seem to really want to, you know, basically, I guess your interpretation is basically a, a sort of an anti-Russian, anti-Putin bias. Well, I think the for for whatever reason the uh, the U.S. and, and is kind of uh, I'm not sure exactly what they're. Uh, you know, they were they were very happy with uh, with Boris Yeltsin, who was giving away the store, and that he re- was replaced by Putin. And so, uh, but it's uh, I don't know. It's kind of near the end of our time, but I think you know, in a way that the uh, uh, it'd be it'd be much better off if the U.S. kind of would 